performance. She just is absolutely rapid, and sometimes, sometimes you forget, and she can take a shorter run up, and you and you. So you think it's going to come out a little bit? No, it's still fast, and it's still a little bit, you know, scary to face at times, especially if you've only just looked up. Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Jake Perry and it's wonderful to be able to introduce a new co-presenter of the show who will be joining me going forward. An absolute living legend of Scottish cricket, the one and only Rosie Ryan. Rosie, brilliant to see you. Welcome to the presenter's chair. Thank you. I think I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be called a living legend at uh, 26 years old. I think um, I'll take that. I'll take that and I'll run with it. Um, yeah, buzzing to be on the podcast. Uh, really enjoy it and hopefully we can have some good conversations today. And I love the way as we started to talk there, you put your glasses on. It's like, you know, you mean business here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. Sometimes I just say that. Um, yeah. Just the vibe, isn't it? It's a vibe. That's it. That's it. Totally that. So how, how are things with you at the moment then? You've been on furlough through lockdown, just getting back into the, the swing of things at Cricket Scotland again. Yeah, like furlough, furlough was an interesting one. It's it's hard when you eat, sleep and breathe cricket. And I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. Um, and, and everything just stopped and it was a, a very strange uh, time and something that we've never experienced before uh, anyone's ever experienced before so it was um it was really strange to just at that that moment that you just stop everything and and it was just weird and obviously when I was off just trying to keep myself busy like I go cycling and stuff like that so um yeah, I guess kind of making the most of it and getting outside as much as possible. Um, and just, uh, I, I guess the, the sunshine was amazing in May time. So that was a that was a nice little bonus about that. But yeah, it was, uh, it was strange not being in work. And I guess you realise sometimes in those moments that you need a routine. I definitely found that I, I needed a routine and I, I like uh, having a routine, waking up and doing work every day. And um not waking up and, and just thinking where am I going to cycle today <laughs> I think that was the biggest kind of the, the biggest change and then obviously getting back into work it's been um I've loved getting back into work it's just great to get back into it and chat with all the different clubs and and I guess kind of members and just see how everyone's doing I think um you know at, at work we've had to chip in in areas that we've maybe not had to chip in before so I guess we're we're learning, learning on the spot with some things, which is really exciting. And um, yeah, it's just a new way of thinking with all the stuff online. And actually, you can sometimes be a, a lot more productive um, in the time that you manage when you're when you're working from home. I guess some people will be different, but I don't have kids, so I'm not I'm not worried about uh, people walking in on Zoom calls and things <laughs> like that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty settled, and it's it's just lovely to get back into the routine of stuff. It's funny. I mean, we're still on Zoom. Just at the moment, as you could probably probably tell from the slightly tinny audio that we've got uh, that we've got going on here, but um, but yeah, I, I guess what lockdown kind of taught me was the value of a of a five minute face to face conversation with someone that you can learn so much more than doing everything through a computer screen. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's interesting. It is. It's quite funny, but I think everyone found it a little bit awkward at the start. I I, I definitely found that everyone. I mean, myself 
personally I found it a bit awkward at the start doing Zoom calls and now I'm like ah Zoom call easy but I think everyone's now used to it which is really really good and it's really handy um, and yeah it just make, means that you can be a lot more productive with your day sometimes and don't get me wrong that face-to-face uh, contact is still is still you know it's still really really important but um you can get some more stuff done in your day when you don't need to travel so much and things so yeah, good fun. Yeah, some silver linings anyway, at least. Uh, well, I'm really excited about what we have planned for the future. And it's fantastic that we have some cricket to be able to talk about today, namely the regional series, which got underway for both the men and women uh, last weekend. So we'll chat about how the Eagles and the Stormers got on just a little later. But first of all, I caught up with Gary Heatley to look back on what was an eventful first day at Fort Hill, where the Eastern Knights and Caledonian Highlanders met for the first doubleheader of the Tilney T20 Blitz. It turned out to be a day very much in two halves. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, obviously the, the first game had been a bit of rain overnight started slightly late and I think the, the wicket was pretty tough and yeah, that was a low a low scoring affair. You know, the Knights struggled to sort of make it to 100 and then uh, the Highlanders knocked that off pretty easily but you know in the second game obviously the Knights batsmen were wanting to make up for that and uh, yeah went out all guns blazing with Ollie Harris kind of leading the way I guess as he, as he does and uh, yeah they got up to nearly up to 200 in the second game so a massive swing there and then yeah, the Highlanders gave it a good old go and just lost out by, by 11 runs so I think 385 runs in the second match so yeah definitely two Two different games. I guess it does show, you know, just how T20 cricket isn't just, you know, the same every time. There's different nuances to it, different, different way, different games and different ways that it can go. So, you know, two really great games and some really good, really good fielding and catching as well, which was, which was great to see given that, you know, a lot of the guys haven't played a lot of cricket recently. Yeah, I mean, some some terrific individual performances, which will, which will come to. So, I mean, looking at the, at the two games. So in game one, the Knights put into bat, but didn't quite go to plan for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. As I say, I think it was slightly wet overnight and it was obviously a tough wicket. But, um, yeah, I mean, all the hairs, I guess, their kind of talisman was out early doors to Safian Sharif. And uh, then they lost uh, Tom McIntosh as well. They were struggling. I think they were 10 for two at one point. And, uh, yeah, they just didn't really, could never really get, get going. I think, you know, there was a couple of sort of partnerships of 25-13 involving Dylan Budge. But, um, yeah, you know, they were up to 13th over and they were still sort of just over, over 50. So it was really kind of um, slow going. And I think it was, you know, the Highlanders bowlers were just uh, were just really all on form. It was just, uh, they were finding it really hard to get the ball, the ball away. And um, yeah, I think it was just a, a really tricky, <laughs> tricky 20 overs. Um, and, the, the, you know, the, the bowlers never let up. They, they made it up to to 97, but in you know, most T20 games, that's not going to be enough. I think, you know, Chris Greaves took four wickets, and Sharif, Adrian Neal, and Scott Cameron all took two wickets apiece, which was, you know, when you've got those four leading your attack, it's going to be pretty pretty useful for the Highlanders the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, and then you know, the Knights, obviously, say 97, that was always going to be pretty tough to defend. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Chris Greaves, four for 18. Really good to see him doing so well. It was in the the Scotland squad for the, the Tour to Oman at the start of, of 2019. And then it's, it's kind of not really been around the squad so much since. But really good to see him involved again and, and 
the depth to the squad that he will bring, having that that leg spin available, you know, if, if he's finding that consistency now, uh, has to be a really positive thing for Scotland looking ahead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a pretty experienced cricketer, obviously came over from South Africa. And he's been been here a long time now, and uh, you know, part of that forefathers team that won the East League last last year, and uh, you know, was always a, a useful top order batter. Now he's you know a really good all all round option. So so definitely someone that's going to be you know in the mix for the Scotland squads. Um, you know, going forward when we get to 2021 and hopefully a lot more fixtures for the team. So, you know, yeah, certainly it's going to be a, a good option. And I know he's a, he's a he's a highly thought of guy amongst other other players. Yeah, very much. And and of course, T20 World Cup on the horizon whenever whenever that is, however far away that horizon uh, is in terms of the date. So so that has to be a um, a target for 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 Greece as well. You would have thought. Um, so 97 all out to say pretty straightforward chase. In the end, Carl Kutzer, 49 not out. Michael Lees, 23 not out. That eight-wicket win. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I mean, they got off to a flyer. Rory Johnson, who's another young talent player, just come back from injury, who I think he's hit 22 off nine balls to sort of get them, you know, really flying. And he was out when they were on 25. But, you know, when you've got Kutzer and then Craig Wallace at the the wicket and obviously Wallace didn't score too many but when you've then got Michael Lees coming in I think you know they wanted to get that, that job done pretty quickly and you say Kurtz are foreign in now I think it was 38 balls and at least 23 now they won with you know plenty of time to spare I think it was in the 12th over so yeah, they would have been really delighted with their all round performance in that, that first game and I suppose it would have left the Knights sort of uh, with a bit to work on in the in the short period of the turnaround between games because um, it wasn't yeah, it was a great performance from them. Yeah, so uh, on to match two. And uh, it was one of those uh, double take, looking at the phone, <laughs> kind of as the scores coming through on Twitter there, because quite the change, um, led by that extraordinary knock from Ollie Hares. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, well, as was mentioned before, you know, Hares can obviously really take it, seems at the top of the order, and so does, so does Mike Carson, the opening partner, and I think, I think they made it to 67 and they only, and they only the fourth over. So it was, you know, considering it taken them probably 14, 15 overs to get to that number in the first game, it was a massive, a massive change. And, you know, from that kind of start, you're always going to go on and, and get a big figure. I think Harris was out for 12 and Tom McIntosh came in, the youngster, and did, did well. They were, and they were up to 111 and only eighth over. So, I mean, it was um, really on for a, for, a, for a really big score. You know, they, they did go on and, I think Hare's got 63 off just 20 balls, so he would have wanted to, to, to take that on and maybe get to three figures if he could. But, um, you know, other batsmen came in did, did quite well. McCree, uh, Finn McCree, 21. Mark Watt made 20. But uh, they posted 198 for, for nine in the end, which, um, you know, you couldn't... You wouldn't say that Hallander stemmed the tide, but I guess 111 off eight was they, yes. <laughs> You know, they probably half-time felt, you know, they were still at least in the game, which was after... After here's a start, they might not have, might not have been so. Yeah, a much changed batting performance from from the Knights in in the second game. Yeah, I mean, as you say, fifty up after two point three overs, uh, hundred up after six point four. So, yeah, probably the Highlanders would have felt pretty pleased to almost contain them to one nine eight um, at the at the end. Um, three wickets for for Cameron, a couple of wickets again for for Neil, and then they got off to a flying start in their reply. Yeah, and just before I mention, I guess you, you mentioned there Scott Cameron, I think, you know, three for 19 in that 
when the totals one eight for for nine is pretty yeah. pretty amazing. But I think the bowlers would have been pretty frustrated with the number of extras they gave away. I think it was thirty extras, which you know it's like another batsman really in, in the game. But yeah, moving on to the second innings, you know, Coates and Johnson obviously knew they had to get another flyer, and they, they did pretty well. You know, Seventy one, just the sixth over. So that was uh, you know that was them really showing that they could they could chase this. But uh, what managed to get Cursor out for 43 off just 22 balls, and that was obviously a massive, massive wicket um, for them. And then Johnson fell 10 runs later, so for 23 ball by young Jamie Cairns. So, you know, suddenly they were kind of rebuilding a bit. Um, but still, they reached 105 for four off 11 overs, you know, and uh, still still in the game with sort of middle order batsmen like Callum Garden and Chris Greaves there. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was moving along pretty nicely, and I think. Three overs to go. They needed thirty-one at the time, so um, you know they were still still right in the game. You know, uh, second last over. Then, then Mark Watt, the spinner, took took a great um, cotton bold of Sharif, which was probably the, the real big wicket because he was probably the only batsman that was that was left that could really go on and perhaps hit the runs that were needed. Um, and yeah, by the time they got to the last over, they still needed sixteen runs. And uh, with Ali Evans bowling, that was always going to be be tricky. So. Um, you know they didn't manage to to make that and fell short by eleven, but it was just a cracking a cracking game of cricket that ebbed and flowed really. And um, yeah, I think obviously getting close to it for forty three when he looked on for another fifty was was key. And uh, say that that caught ball by Walt, which has been doing the social media rounds, was uh, was also was also massive in the, in the sort of closing stages. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, if you if you haven't seen that on Twitter yet, do do find that and the highlights too. Um, some absolutely stunning cricket on uh, on display there. So next up, Western Warriors coming to uh, into play next week uh, against the Highlanders at Titwood. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think it's going to be another another cracking um, another cracking day if they can get good weather for it. Because I think last year there was um, you know they, they won one one apiece and. Uh, at the same ground, and one of those one of those games went to went to a super over, which the Highlanders managed to win. I mean, the teams have been tied on 180, so that was that was an amazing an amazing game as well. So, yeah, and I think the Warriors speaking to Andy Tennant before the tournament started, the head coach is pretty excited about the group of players he's got together. I think they've got you know a lot of a lot of youngsters coming through. Interesting to see Angus Guy, the Scotland 19 captain from last year, does in their top order. You know, they're likely to be missing Callum McLeod, who's away at Sussex. So that's going to be a good, good chance, perhaps, for someone like Guy to come in and really show what he can do. They may well have Mike Jones back from Durham, who's been playing a bit of four-day cricket for them recently. Um, you know, Captain Richie Berrington obviously is the one that really leads the leads the show for them. Um, an, an amazing white ball cricketer, and uh, yeah, some of their young players look up to. And yeah, with the ball, I guess, seem wise, Gavin Main will want to have a big tournament like Chris Greaves, someone who's been on the the cusp of Scotland stuff played a bit more than Greaves for the national team, and we really want to show heading in twenty twenty one that he can, you know, he can be part of that Scotland attack, I guess. And, uh, and then Hamza Tahir, who's you know had such a great start to his Scotland career, um, will be will be a real a real uh, on investment side. You'd imagine, um, yeah, we've seen how much spin spin plays a part um, in recent international cricket, and also just there on Sunday. So I think. You know, Tahir is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, bowling against the likes of Kurt Sir and Johnson and Wallace and Leeds. It should be a, another cracking day. Gary Heatley there. 
So I was at Strathmore for the day where it was a bit more of a one-sided affair with the Stormers coming out on top in two low-scoring games. But there were plenty of positives of both sides, I thought, not least in the amount of youngsters coming through. Now, Rosie, you've seen things from both sides, from the participation perspective and from the playing side of the Stormers too. Um, How important, first of all, is the regional series within the framework of women's cricket in Scotland? Yeah, I think oh, it's, it's hugely important. And I think we've seen leaps and bounds in the past few years with the with the regional series. Um, you know, it gives for for girls coming through, and and it gives them an opportunity to really see you know the talent in the national squad as well, and and, and it helps you know that kind of step up, um, and they can be really challenged. So you know, the girls that are coming through from the under-18s uh, regional squads and the under-15s and, and that are getting opportunities to play for the Stormers, um, you know, they're starting to actually see how, how we get selected and what that process is. And it's it's massively important, um, and especially for the kind of retention as well in players. And when players are wanting to go through that pathway, it's hugely important to actually see and compare yourself to, to another player. And I think... You know, I found that when I was playing, and it is a step up. Um, but it's very competitive, and, and it's really exciting that the Stormers won uh, this season because, I guess, well, or sorry, this week, because uh, I guess the Eagles sometimes have, have came out um, a little bit better in previous years. But, um, you know, it just it goes to show the, the talent that's coming through at the moment, and it's just hugely exciting to watch, especially as a women and girls uh development manager it's fab yeah well that was very evident um at the at the weekend plenty of really really good performances um just going through a few of them abdaha maksud impresses me more and more every time i see her she took three for 19 in the first match uh on on sunday which was a really impressive performance because in her very first over she conceded 10 ellen watson was straight out of the blocks hit her back over her head a couple of times uh for four but what really struck me was how she wasn't phased by that at all. She stuck to her plans, varied her flight beautifully, and the rewards came. I mean, she is twenty-one years old. She's only going to get better and better. Yeah, I think I think it it, it shows a lot, and and I think you know, as we all know, cricket's quite a mental game at times, and I think it, that that is the type of um, role model that girls can look up to. And instead of instead of putting your head down, you know, you've got another opportunity, and I think. Instead of holding on to that the negative, we we look towards the positive, and that is, you know, that's an athlete, that's a that's a performance, uh, and that's a national player that that has that mindset, and you can really tell the difference um, with her compared to you know girls that are new to new to coming through in the pathway and things, and I think it's just a huge, it's a huge um, lesson to show other show other girls as well that you can make comebacks and. You know, just in that one second or that switch, that can change a whole game. That can change a whole game, and that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, her confidence was was just so evident. Um, how she's come on in the last couple of seasons or so, it's just been uh, it's just been great. And another one, I suppose, a player who really epitomises what the regional series can do in terms of going from that into the national side is Catherine Fraser. Um, I remember watching her debut two years ago at the Grange. Um, took a wicket with the first ball but what really sticks in my mind is I, I'm sitting in the score box writing you know as you do at the Grange and it was the oohs and ahs from the scorers who of course 
can be the most cynical bunch you know they've seen it all they 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 have been around seen all the players and so on but they were clearly really impressed by what what they were seeing and, and Catherine 13 then uh 15 now just adding skills constantly she's like she seems to be like a sponge she's just getting better and better and better yeah i think it's funny with Catherine because i think she is at times she's just superhuman yes. <laughs> and you watch her and you're like how and she's just so casual which i love about her as well she's not you know she's not screaming up and down she's just she's just chill and she's just you know it's like yeah well yeah okay, i'm good with that i'm happy that i took that or, or whatever but she just doesn't um she she's just so calm and collected like i just i love that and i think that that shows a real kind of she is obviously a very a person that's going to come through the the ranks at the moment and and one to massively watch out for but the age of her as well you just can't believe that she's um she's building each year and and she really is and it's just so exciting to see her come on um and I'm so unbelievably excited to see her in the next few years and what she can do and what she can achieve because I think at the moment if she's doing these types of things now then we've got someone that's going to be very dangerous in the future yeah I mean just a real attacking option she's still got that that beautiful smooth action but there's much more kind of bite in 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 the armory as well you know in in, in her plans and the tricks that she's got yeah I think so I think it, it, it is funny because she just does look so relaxed even when she's bowling and as soon as that ball hits the ground um you, it's just lethal it's absolutely lethal uh, what she can do with the ball yeah well one for nine in the first match three for 12 that was opening the bowling in both matches uh, as well so another player to talk about is Elsa Lister uh, who didn't get too much of a chance with the bat she was out fairly early on uh, in both innings but behind the stumps her work was really terrific she completed an absolutely stunning stumping of Sam Hago in the first match uh standing up to Priyana's Chatterjee. Uh, Sam had no chance whatsoever to to get back. It was a phenomenal bit of work. And I understand that she did exactly the same thing the day before, keeping for Stonywood Dice for their first 11, who she's been, uh, who she's been playing for. So again, a, a real talent to look out for in the future. Yeah, I think it was really exciting seeing her come through. And I think, you know, her attitude again is someone that's just fab and, and and someone that you want to be in a team with as well um just a great character and i think you know it just shows that she's she's getting opportunities for the first men's team um which is just amazing it's really really good and it and it, it's down to her kind of what she's been doing and she's been working really really hard um over the past few years and it's just great to see that kind of confidence coming through and especially when we've gone through such a, a rocky year that you know the girls are coming back and they're fighting back at the moment and it's great for her to to get those opportunities and you know to, to really hold on to them as well and make sure that she's making the most of it um yeah it's great well we've talked about two spinners so far as well as Elsa and a third who had a really really good uh, afternoon with Zikra Farouk uh, who took four for 22 in the second game really excellent performance from the off spinner yeah, I think Ikra has been performing really well at the moment, um, and it's fab to see her, uh, you know, perform great on 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 Sunday, and and to again take those opportunities uh, with the ball and and really show what she can do and, and how dangerous she can be as a bowler as well at times. Um, 
so it's just fab and you know that's going to give her more opportunities um as well in the future within this regional series and and you know these girls will be always be noxy will be keeping an eye out and all these ones that are performing and, and making sure that then they get opportunities um for the national side which is exciting so four for 22 for Ikra, as we said and three for 12 for for Catherine. uh it then looked like the Eagles had got themselves back into things. Uh, they bowled the Stormers out for, for 97, but then it all kind of went a bit wrong in their, their innings. Ellen Watson carried a bat for 25, but apart from that, it was single-figure scores and there were five ducks in total as they were, they were bowled out for 47, uh, which is a bit, a bit disappointing. Um, but Megan McColl was, was a standout, I think, in that game. She'd scored 40 not out uh, earlier on, which turned out to be the anchor role really for the Stormers absolutely crucial innings and then added three for 13 uh, to that as well so yeah again Megan is uh, someone who's come into the Scotland side over the last couple of years or so but is uh, again maturing yeah like you know Megan's got a really good again she's got a really good attitude and I think she works really really hard off the fields and it and it, and it shows when she goes onto the fields um, and that she's done and she's just becoming a really all-rounded cricket star which is excellent to see and that's what you know that's what we need at the moment that's what we need we need all-rounded athletes um and and those are the types of people that help win games and and she's obviously really shown that um in the past week so yeah it's bad so a number of really great performances from the youngsters a player you know very well is orla montgomery uh orla bowled i thought beautifully it's the first time i'd seen her play in the first game, she didn't get any reward. It was two overs for nine. Uh, and then in the second match, unfortunately, she had to sit out uh, the, the the bowling innings because she was, it was a really unfortunate incident when she was batting. She, she top-edged the ball, which went under her grill, sort of hit her in the chin. So she had to had to come off the field, uh, retired hurt, and and sat out the innings, which was a real a real shame because she'd shown so much promise in that first match. So, as I say, a player you know well. Tell, tell uh, us about Orla. Yeah, Orla is, uh, you know, I'm, it's funny because she is just, um, she's she's the one, again, that's going to be dangerous in the future, one to watch out for because she just, uh, I see her a wee bit down at my own club and she just is absolutely rapid and sometimes sometimes you forget and she can take a shorter run up and you, and you so you think it's going to come out a little bit, no, it's still fast and it's still a little bit, you know, scary to face at times, especially if you've only just looked up, but um, yeah, like she's got, you know, she's got bags of potential uh, in her. I like a lot of the the girls and the the younger girls in the regional series, um, and I think you know she's going to be a really quick bowler. Um, she's already fast, but she's going to be, um, you know, as she kind of develops more, she's going to she's going to get faster. So yeah, she's she's fab, got a fab attitude. She's played. Um, you know a lot in the under 17s uh, Scotland squad and things so she's she's getting a lot more opportunities at the moment um so, and that's really really good for her to you know and even just to even though she got hit in the chin I think she was she was it was Hannah Rainey bowling at her I think um and and I think she, she told me that she tried to scoop it or or she tried to it was something along those lines and do you know what that's that's awesome that she's got the confidence to try and, and stand up to um to a bowler like Hannah really <laughs> like that so you know that that's great and you can only look at the positives although it's really bad that she got injured but you can look at that in a positive that she's um she's trying to you know 
results with confidence and really really try and push yourself so that shows a lot about her I think yeah and, and another player you know well and the the player that must have left with the biggest smile uh, after the after the day is Neymar Sheikh uh, who took four for nine um, I remember seeing her for the first time at the the Beyond Boundaries Scottish Cup final in 2018 where she was playing for the West um, she must have been 12 at that point and she was at the Wee Bash as well in uh, at Broughton High School. Uh, I remember that I went along and covered for the podcast too. We had a we had a wee word there, um, but she seems to be coming on leaps and bounds. Oh, Nima's just oh, she's just lovely as well. She's just such a good kid. She, you know, is another one that just eats, sleeps, and breathes cricket. And her her mum and dad are so supportive of her. And her mum obviously has played. Um, I mean, her her mum played regional a few years ago as well which was it's great to see and and now you know Neymar's getting that chance and she she just hits the ball lovely she obviously bowls lovely as well but she just has got she's just got something about her that's really exciting again for the future and I think she must only be about 14 years old um if I'm right and and uh, obviously she was she was very dangerous in that game again and and that's that's something that we can really look forward to and, and it's going to be really fun to watch her develop over the next few years and see see where she can push herself and where she can challenge herself um, and and it's fab that she can make you know a really I guess prominent market at these games and I think that was our first that was our first armors game and for her to go out and really perform um, is that's a huge credit to her and um, and it's it shows how hard she works as well and she does a lot of training and things um, at East Colbride Cricket Club and uh, and and she plays for the, the women women and girls cricket at West of Scotland so she's training a lot um, and it's just exciting and you see her in the nets at the Warriors training and stuff and she just gives it 100% so it's fab, it's really really great to see her performing in those games Well Really good day for the Stormers, as we said. Two wins out of two. The Eagles, in in their defence, were obviously without a few regulars. Carrie Scott was injured. Katie McGill was uh, was unavailable, but is back this weekend. Although Abby Aiken Drummond uh, is is unavailable, so it's kind of balancing out, I guess. Um, but I suppose the biggest hole left to fill is is that from the Bry sisters who've been down playing in Loughborough for Lightning in the the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. We can't leave this without a word on their summer so far. Uh, they're not present at the moment, but certainly not forgotten. I know, it's just, it's mad. It's just, Sarah is just unbelievable with her bat at the moment. Unbelievable. The way she is just, you know, every ball she's getting in middle of a bat easy. And it's um, it's so great to watch her perform um, against some of these top players in England and really just show what Scotland, you know, what Scotland can produce and, and what's going to be coming out of Scotland. I think that is just um, kind of showing the, the footprint and, and showing away. So it's fab to watch Sarah and, and obviously Catherine. She's, she's got taken some lovely wickets um, in, the, in the tournament so far. I've been watching a few of the games and it's, um, yeah, it's just really inspiring to watch and, and they're great girls as well and, and very humble and, you know, to I think there's going to be a lot to say for those two. Um, 
you know, in the next few years and see where they go with their cricket. But um, extremely exciting times and, and fab. And I really hope that a lot of the, you know, a lot of people are watching around Scotland, those two, and, and making sure that they're keeping an eye out on them. Uh, I'm sure they will be, to be fair, because they'll see it all over social media. But, um, yeah, you're trying to act shocked every time Sarah Bryce hits a 50, which is quite funny. But, um Ah, it's just you know, it's a walk in the park. She makes it look like a walk in the park, but I would be, I would be buzzing if I had a birthday. <laughs> never mind, never mind in that tournament. <laughs> I know she's a machine. Four in a row, uh, she got there. And and Catherine, that that game against Northern Diamonds, five for twenty nine and seventy one not out, and top of the most valuable player list. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it says it all. It says what we've known for years and years, and it's great that other people are seeing it as well. Um, I mean, with Catherine, I remember the um, after that FIFA, the, the the video of it that was doing the rounds on social media and everybody commenting on the swing. I mean, I have never seen any player, male or female, hoop the ball like Catherine Bryce does. It's just incredible, and how she controls it as well. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it's I know. amazing. I know. See, see, facing her like. I, I, like... Uh, face her if you reach an OVM the, the amount of swing that she gets on the ball like, is actually terrifying because you have no idea but then I guess when you're watching it on, on telly as well you can really see that how much she gets on it and um, it's, just, it's just another one that's a little bit superhuman I think but um, you know that's it's just fab it's fab watching her and um, she's, she's someone a, a complete role model for girls to look up to throughout Scotland, um, especially performing in the, the, those tournaments as well. Yeah, definitely. Just the nicest people as well, aren't they? Just the nicest people. Anyway, so we're on to this weekend. Uh, back to the regional series. Uh, the second double header, which is a Hamilton Crescent. What are your thoughts then going forward? Stormers are in a pretty strong position, you have to say. Yeah, I think... Um, I don't want to take sides, obviously, I was a stormer <laughs> at one point myself, um, but I don't want to take sides, but like, I, I think um, the main thing is that it's. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a competitive game, I don't think it's going to be an easy win for for either sides, and I think that shows a lot, um, that, that's a lot of credit to the, the pathway at the moment and, and, and stuff, and I think that's really exciting, so... I don't think anyone can be too relaxed going into the game, um, and I'm excited to see what happens and who and who shines this week, um, and that'll be really good to see because I, I imagine it'll be. Um, I hope that there'll be some other players shining through um, this week, and they, they're taking the opportunities um, that are given to them as well. So yeah. Well, really looking forward to chatting through what happens this weekend, next week as well for the next podcast. Um, Rosie, it's been. An absolute pleasure to talk again, even though we've got the uh, it's it's looking at you framed in a screen <laughs> once again. <laughs> I know, no, it's good, it's good to it's good to get on the podcast and uh, and just talk everything about the regional. It's a shame that you can't just go and watch any games at the moment, but um, you know that's that's okay, that's uh, it's understandable. But uh, yeah, I would lo- I'd love to go and watch all these games, but I'll, I'll just keep up to date with them on the on the Twitter and everything uh, at the moment. And of course through the podcast too because we'll be back to chat it through next week but uh, until then anyway from Rose and myself uh, thanks very much again for listening we will see you soon